what's up everybody well zoo wins 20 to 10 they beat kentucky something they haven't done in the last five years despite the fact that everyone likes to say kentucky is just the basketball school mizzou should easily win this game well they haven't for the past half decade but today with a new coaching regime they did it they beat kentucky wildcats with a final score of 20 to 10 and this game was beautiful yet ugly because of the fact that mizzou didn't really dominate offense like don't it's hard to explain because they didn't dominate offensively obviously the scoreboard doesn't show it but they ran it down kentucky's throats all game i mean they ran the ball like 50 times and they just dominated the line of scrimmage which uh, is that was just really impressive to me because uh, o-line and d-line were both weaknesses coming into the year but to me like for the chiefs fans that listen to the podcast like Buffalo game, you know, like the game was not as close as the score indicated. The Chiefs just ran the ball down Buffalo's throats that entire game. Well, that's kind of what Mizzou did today with Kentucky. Um, the run, like there were a lot of times where I thought the that Drinkwitz should have called the passing player or whatever, but they just insisted on running it. Like second and 10, no problem. They'll run it down the middle and worked most of the time. And I mean, I think uh, Drink was showed a lot of courage calling those plays over and over. Um, because he had faith in his offense. There were a couple times on fourth down, I think he got a little too trigger happy and tried running it again. But uh, one thing I will give credit to Drink for is the fact that after the game, uh, he actually admitted his mistake and was like, yeah, that was probably a bad coaching move to call that read option on fourth down and that he got a little too excited. And that, you know, that's something you don't really see a lot of coaches say, like, yeah, I kind of screwed up. So I thought that was really cool from Drink. But those are just kind of my opening thoughts. Uh, joined by Connor, as always. Connor, I'm just going to ask you, uh, what, do you, what did you make of this game? Uh, well, it's one of those games that a lot of Mizzou fans wanted coming into the season. You know, the goal for Drink from a lot of fans' perspective was win games that you shouldn't because, you know, we're always going to compare Drink to Barry Odom because obviously Odom was the former coach. Uh, but this is not a game that Odom would have won. If Odom was the coach, we're probably 0-4 right now. So the fact that we're 2-2, two and two, and I think if Basilak started all four games, we'd probably be 3-1, uh, and one, is a real testament to how good Drink has been. And uh, like you mentioned with like the 4th and 1, uh, that was a bad call. Uh, there were a couple of bad play calls throughout the game. But Drink acknowledged that they were bad play calls, and I think he's still a young guy, and he's still a young coach, and I'm sure there's a lot of uh, anxiety and nerves uh, when it comes to calling an SEC game as opposed to a Sunbelt game. So I think that he will grow as a play caller as the season progresses. So I wouldn't really be worried about that, but the point is we won the game, which is something we – this is a game we haven't been winning over the past few years, and you really should be uh, getting excited about this Tigers team. Absolutely, uh, and kind of like you pointed up, pointed out about how you know everyone you know wants to love drink, and they're always going to take every chance they want to bag on Odom. I feel like to put it into perspective i feel like drinkwitz is this new girlfriend that is so much better it's like barry was this old abusive girlfriend and when you talk about drinkwitz to people who aren't really like big mizzou fans you know 
they'll be like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, you got a good coach, but then you're like, no, no, but you don't understand like how bad the last coach was, like how bad the last girlfriend was. And you're just so happy to have this new coach slash girlfriend for the comparison that is just so much better. And it's just so refreshing. Uh, and the way he is just, I, I just love the aggression from him. But like I said, the ground game is just what they absolutely dominated all game. And as mentioned, the offensive line, which was described as a weakness coming into this year, uh, since week one against Alabama and week two against Tennessee, they really, really uh, have come into their own. And I mean, today, Larry Roundtree, 37 carries for 126 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Bailey right behind there with 13 carries for 52 yards. I mean, that's crazy. And on top of that, Connor Bazelak went 21 of 30 for 201 yards, two touch or zero touchdowns. Sorry. But the thing is, is you could tell he had complete control of the game. Like they didn't have to throw, they didn't have to throw touchdowns. But, um, another thing that I wanted to point out was the fact that, you know, we praised the wide receivers from last week for doing such a good job with the starters out like Kiki Chisholm and Damon Hazleton. And they were kind of listed deeper on the depth chart this week due to the fact that the rece- backup receivers last week, like, uh, Toski Dove and Boo Smith kind of outperformed them. Well, Drink essentially was like, well, you guys need to earn your spots back. And today they did. Damon Hazleton led the team in receptions with six and 51 yards. Uh, and then Jalen Knox had five receptions for 60 yards. And Kiki Chisholm had the one reception for 24 yards um, that set up one of Harrison Mevis's field goals. Uh, anything you wanted to take from that, Connor? Uh, no, you really pointed out a lot of the thoughts, uh, but I was impressed with Damon Hazleton. You know, he had been kind of underwhelming in the first few games, but, you know, he looked like the receiver that we were promised when he first got here. And uh, Basilak was a lot better than the box score will make you believe he was. Like you said, he was completely in control of the game. And... Uh, Off the top of my head, a play that comes to mind is one that's not going to show up on the box score, Uh, but there was a cornerback blitzing full speed. Bazelak knew he was going to get hit, but he didn't flinch or anything, and he still delivered the ball where it needed to be, and that's just stuff that you can't teach. Yeah, I remember the exact play you're talking about, and I feel like that it's kind of everything about the offense you need to know for this game. Another thing that I wanted to point out was the time of possession battle. Missouri dominated. And that's something I didn't really expect because Kentucky was described to have a really, really good O-line. Their, their offense was a run first offense. Uh, they've been running it all year and they've been particularly good at it. But today I don't know what it was, but Mizzou just completely dominated. Uh, they had the ball for 40 total minutes to Kentucky's. I think it was like, 16 minutes or whatever it was uh that's that was just insane to me the time and possession battle uh like i said missouri dominated they just kept running it and running it and running it and it took time off the clock Uh, it got kind of scary towards the end there it was like setting up to be like 2018 again but then mizzou came back drove down the field and kind of put the nail in the coffin with a other uh I think, was it a field goal or did they score a touchdown? I think it was a field goal, but either way, you you get what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, it was a field goal. Uh, fourth quarter, Missouri had three points to Kentucky's four, or I mean Kentucky's seven, but they still came out with the win. Um, and before we move on to defense, anything you want to add to the offensive performance for today's Tigers? 
Harrison Mevis has a fat ass. That is all. Harrison, yeah, here's that. That's a that's an understated uh, aspect of the game is Harrison. Really, this season, but Harrison Mevis has been such a great kicker. Uh, Drink sends him out there with full confidence, which a coach should have confidence in their kicker, but not if they're Tucker McCann and Barry Odom, because Barry Odom sent Tucker McCann out for so many kicks, and it's like why he's so inconsistent, but. One thing I wanted to get into uh, from today's game is Ryan Walters. So this is a guy a lot of Mizzou fans gave crap over the first two weeks, and I never really understood that because last year when the defense was really good, he got all the credit in the world, but as soon as the defense was poor the first two weeks, it's all Ryan Walters sucks. Well, it can't keep changing. Like Either he's a good defensive coordinator or he's a bad defensive coordinator. I think what a lot of people didn't want to admit is the fact that this team simply lost a lot of talent from last year. Jordan Elliott, Demarcus AC, uh, you know, those guys. Uh, I mean, just, we lost so much. Uh, I'm forgetting another big name. Oh, yeah, Cal Garrett, of course. Yeah, I mean, we lost so many big names, and it's like, well, yeah, of course the defense is going to take a step down. The secondary is still super young, but when you look at the LSU game and holding them to 45 rushing yards with just a two scholarship defensive linemen or defensive tackles rather and you look at the fact that you know the gold line stand something Mizzou never did and then this game you know just dominated Kentucky from start to finish never really did let them do anything I mean Terry Wilson didn't do much at all uh backup uh quarterback for Kentucky uh Gatewood didn't do much either I just I mean, I think Kentucky had, what, one or two first downs? So, yeah, I think people just really need to give credit to Ryan Walters because, I mean, that guy just deserves some apologies because this defense was really, really good today and last week. And uh, despite the fact they gave up a bunch of passing yards, but they showed up when it mattered the most. And, yeah, Ryan Walters just deserves a lot of apologies. He did a really great job for sure. I feel like it's going to be a very long season next year when we don't have Nick Bolton. He is a absolute game wrecker, and he has had such an impact on every game we've played this season. And he's a big part in stopping the run, and that's how you beat Kentucky there. Very much a run-first team, and Nick Bolton just completely destroyed the game for them. Even if he's not making the tackle, he's still impacting the play in some way, and he's all over the field, and he's just a great player. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nick Bolton, it, he's got to be. Yeah, he's looking like a top 10 pick right now, and I was kind of hoping that he would be good, but not this good. So he could drop in the first round so the Kansas City Chiefs can get him. I don't know how realistic that's looking at this point because I would love to have him, but oh well. Uh, but yeah, he, I, he's been great for sure. Uh, and really, uh, I just... I think the big story coming out of this, ga- this game is, and we kind of talked about it a little bit, but Barry Odom... Like I said, I, I sometimes I kind of hate to see everything just kind of come back to Barry Odom. Like I, I'm ready to move on from him. I'm tired of bringing him up. But I mean, Drinkwitz in his first four games as head coach has beaten ranked teams, something Odom rarely ever did. Uh, beat the defending national champions, not to mention LSU. Uh, beat LSU and beat Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky beating Kentucky is something Odom never did. And I mean. Mizzou fans have to be excited because the way Drinkwitz coaches and the way he rallies this team, I just, I just, to me, Barry Odom kind of had the personality of a barn door. Drink is just so much better than that. And it's just so relieving to see because I just, I really feel like they made the right hire and you see a lot, 
to be excited about for the future. And not, not to mention that a lot of these players are Odom's recruits and Odom's players that were brought in and drink is just making the most of them. I mean, you're seeing a lot of guys step up that just really didn't under Odom, despite the fact that he Odom recruited them. But I mean, it, it's just super impressive what drink's been able to do only four games into his career here. Well, you've seen a clear culture change and it's not necessarily major stuff, but everything about the experience just feels different. Uh, like, they posted a video after they beat LSU, and uh, it was a Drink leading the team uh, in song, and they were all singing in the locker room. It's not something they did with Barry Odom, but uh, even the guys that couldn't sing were singing their hearts out because they were so excited after just beating LSU. And I assume they did the same thing after Kentucky. I think that's going to be a tradition that they bring up. And another thing that I noticed that they brought in uh, was, uh, I don't really know how to explain it, but uh, you know in the Rocky movies where he puts his hands up and hits the little bag uh, it's not the big punching bag, but it's like the little punching yeah, bag. Yeah, the little punching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I noticed there's one of those when they come out of the garage door. Uh, every player walks by it and punches it. And I think that's a cool little thing to get them kind of psyched up for the game. And apparently it's working. I've always been one of the ones that liked uh, – I've always liked the idea of like the turnover chain – uh, last year when we played like Southeastern Missouri, I think it was, they had this really complicated thing where like if you got a turnover, you'd put on like this plastic infinity gauntlet from the Avengers and like punch a thing. And like, it seems really absurd, but it really got the players excited to perform. It's kind of like an immediate incentive for them playing well. And just, I've, I've always liked like little extra things that you don't have to do, but they might help, and that uh, is kind of what Drink was doing with the little punching bag. Um, and then another thing I like is he brought in the tradition of lighting up the dome. I'm not sure which dome it is, but some building on campus lights up gold whenever we win. And uh, that's obviously something that really excites the players. Uh, I assume all the players go and see it after it lights up. Uh, I know Drink has been spotted just admiring the dome, uh, all lit up after we beat LSU, and then he did it again after we beat Kentucky. And, you know, it just, to quote the SEC motto, it just means more. You know, it's not just another football game. They get excited for every win and every play, and uh, Drink really knows how to rally the troops, and that's something that we haven't had at Mizzou. Absolutely. And the big thing now is Mizzou controls their own destiny in the East. And um, and that's despite losing to Tennessee in that Tennessee game. Uh, we didn't have a true starter. We weren't playing as good as we are now. I think that Tennessee game is one that the team and a lot of fans would like to have back. But um, despite that, uh, Mizzou has a real chance to finish with five or six wins the way they're playing. I think a lot of fans would have been happy with three or four this year, given the schedule. But look at the way some of these other SEC teams are playing and the way Mizzou is playing. And you're like, man, like there's a lot of winnable games in that schedule. You have Mississippi State. You have, uh, oh gosh, uh, Vandy, Arkansas, South Carolina. Yeah. 
Our Thanks. next games uh, are against uh, Florida, then uh, we get a bye week, then Georgia, and then South Carolina, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Vandy. We are winning those last four games. I, I'm going to be shocked if we don't uh, end the season uh, with a 4-0 streak. But if we can somehow pull off these next two, we're going to Atlanta. It's just as simple as that. Which is crazy because I don't think I don't think many fans thought that was a possibility. Now, obviously, Mizzou still has a lot of work to do, and it's a long shot that they actually pull that off. But um, I mean, after everything you've seen, Drink hasn't given any indication that this team isn't capable of doing that. Well, one of his former players, I believe it was Darrington Evans on the Titans. After we beat LSU, he tweeted, if you can see a um, Drinkwitz offense at full potential, you wouldn't call this an upset. And that's that excites me. Because right. he's won two games that he shunned, uh, at least by Mizzou standards, back-to-back. Yeah, and I think that's... That that's amazing, and not only that, but you also have to highlight the fact that in that LSU game, I mean, they were missing so many players due to injury and COVID, and they were still able to pull it off. Uh, this game, they got some guys back, but they, you know, still had you know their injuries ever here and there. But it's just really impressive. And not only did they beat Kentucky, but they just kind of dominated them all the way through the game. Uh, whenever I was watching, whenever it was like seven nothing Mizzou, I was like, okay, good start, but you know we got to finish. And then I was like, wait a second, we we have Kentucky totally under control. Like we can not score, you know, we we can score under thirty points and win this game, which isn't really something I expected. I thought Kentucky's offensive line would move us around, and Terry Wilson and their uh, running game would have a big day, but they just didn't. I mean, Mizzou came out and they did their jobs. It almost seems like. Mizzou plays up to their competition these past two weeks uh, because LSU had a dominant passing attack and we matched them stride for stride with our passing attack, even without a lot of our receivers. And then this week it was all um, stop Kentucky's run. We did, and we ran all over them. So we just beat uh, two good SEC opponents at their own game. So that brings up the question, why can't we beat Florida next week? Uh, and I'm not 100% sure on this, but I believe they haven't been practicing because of a COVID outbreak. So we might get a Florida team with only a few days of practice. Yeah, which uh, you know sucks for Florida, but I mean, when people look back, they're not going to remember that. They're just going to remember that Mizzou beat Florida if they pull it out. So uh, that would be a huge win. Uh, and, I mean, if you're a fan of Mizzou and you look, Drinkwitz has beaten LSU, Kentucky, and Florida. I mean, and I hate to just make this an entire just Drinkwitz love fest, but I mean, that's what people want to hear. So, I mean that. I mean that's that. That would be super impressive. I mean, for year one, I mean, you just you just have to be excited. There's nothing else to say. Odom had. Or I feel like this entire season is kind of a test. And throughout the entire season, we're going to be saying what would happen if Odom was still the coach for this game. And uh, next week, I think if Odom's the coach, we have a shot. Because for some reason, he gets lucky in Gainesville. 
last time we went to Gainesville, I believe we won. Because, uh, yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, we better be wearing the white helmets because we win with the white helmets. But uh, this is going to be another game where we compare drink to Odom a lot. Is We might have a shot at this game if Odom was the coach. So can drink also provide a win over Florida? Yeah, for sure. That'll definitely be something to watch. But um, if there's not anything else you'd like to add, I think we pretty much hit everything we needed to. Yep. That sounds good to me. All right. Well, Mizzou fans, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time.